This is episode 415 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, How to Start a Campfire with Wet Wood. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. I realized that the key for my preparedness was running Prepper Website and having a microbiz. And so I believe every prepper can do this. So if you'd like some more information, you can come on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com or click the link in the show notes. We also have it in audio format if that interests you as well. All right, so let's go ahead and move forward with our episode. We did receive a review over the weekend. And so I just want to send a shout out to PMB48. Uh, He said, I love or she... I love listening to this while I'm at work or working out. There's some great information on this channel and I've learned a lot. The only one I skipped was the one with the ophthalmologist. That was boring. And then <laughs> AF right there. So, uh, hey, yeah, I, you know, I understand um, that one probably wasn't for everyone. That was a bonus episode. And uh, as I do episodes on Facebook Live, or as I do interviews on Facebook Live, I will share them out because I think that there's some great information there. So this one probably wasn't for everyone. It was a talking about vitamins. I thought it was pretty interesting though. Um, one of the things is, uh, you know, if you're working out and stuff like that, you're probably getting, a, you know, you're probably taking supplements and stuff like that and, and you're, you're watching that. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't get the vitamins that they need though and that causes deficiencies and things like that. I loved the uh, the thing that he did the metaphor that he gave and uh, I I talked about that on well I actually wrote that out when I when I wrote up the little article on it but he talked about for those of you that didn't listen to this one he talked about your car if you think about your car that's low on a little bit of oil you'll be fine you can go to work you can go run errands you'll be fine you know you're you're low on oil but you're not going to damage your vehicle but if you took your vehicle that was low on oil and you went out to the racetrack and you ran it for hours on you know at the fastest speed that you could possibly go eventually your car is going to overheat and it's going to it's going to break down and so yeah right now when vitamins aren't as necessary although there are deficiencies out there because the food that we eat is just junk but if you think about uh, a real highly stressful situation like, uh, you know, a bug out, like, you know, any kind of survival situation, whatever that might be, surviving a hurricane, whatever, right? If you are in that high stress situation and you're burning all those, you know, all those calories and your work, your body is working at that high uh, that high capacity all the time. You want to make sure that you have everything you need, all the minerals, all the nutrients, all the vitamins that you need. So I know that not every article and not every interview is going to be interesting to everyone. We try to do a you know a wide range of things here, but I do appreciate uh, PMB48. I do appreciate the five-star review and uh, just the feedback. That's always a blessing. And so thank you so much for that. Hey, so let's go ahead and jump into our article of the episode. It comes to us from mdcreekmore.com. 
and starting starting fires right being able to start a campfire or a fire there's so many benefits to it. it is one of those things that everyone should know how to do even if you live in the city even if you don't you're you're not the outdoorsy type you should learn how to start a fire. I mean, I think that that's very important. When man first found out how to start a fire, you know, can you imagine what that was like, you know, cooking your food or whatever, you know, so you think about all the survival situations where you, you're going to need to cook your food, where you're going to need to maybe boil water, where you're going to need it for warmth. There's just so much that you can do. The problem is, is you find yourself sometimes in a, in a situation where all the wood is wet. And if you've never tried to start a fire with wet wood, like you'll have matches and you'll just start, you know, you'll go through a whole, you know, uh, box of matches and you'll go through all these things, burning it up. If you don't know how to start a fire properly with, if it's wet. And so this article touches on that and gives you that information. And then I would suggest if you've never done any, you know, fire making, if you, even if you haven't done it with wet wood, Maybe you should try it out and see if you could do it if you were in a situation that required fire for you know warmth, uh, cooking, uh, boiling water for whatever reason, you could get that going. So let's go ahead and start this one again coming to us from mdcreekmore.com, how to start a campfire with wet wood. Survival is all about being prepared for any scenario that comes your way. You should have protections against wildlife. You should have the necessary equipment for building a shelter. You should have extensive knowledge in hunting, trapping, and fishing, and many more important elements to stay alive. But if you're the especially motivated survivor, you will have prepared yourself for every possible climate, which not only includes acquiring appropriate clothing and footwear, but learning the basics of fire making as well. Fire making is one of several bushcraft skills every survivor should have in their toolkit. Creating a source of heat during cold weather and all that it entails, snow, ice, frost, can make all the difference when sleeping through a potential blizzard. Many survivors know how to make a fire when the wood is dry and easily ignited, but making a fire with wood that is drenched by rain or snow can be a challenge. So being prepared for the, these scenarios means planning ahead, learning necessary skills, and being eager to employ those skills during a moment of intense pressure like surviving in the woods. If you follow these important steps, starting a fire during wet season will be no problem. So one of the most important things you can do to prepare yourself for any kind of scenario is have a well-established pack. Your pack should include everything from warm weather clothing to cold weather clothing, heavy duty boots to sandals, sleeping equipment to cooking equipment, and so much more. Now, let me, I'm gonna stop right there. A lot of the times when you hear, you read uh, articles on, on bug out bags and, you know, those types of things, people talk about switching out your bug out bags as the seasons change. So lately, I know I just saw another article pop up and, uh, you know, we're getting into the colder, uh, we're getting into, you know, fall and uh, colder days, although we really haven't truly experienced that so much here in Houston. I know you people up north have, have really experienced it. And then those that are listening from all over the world, I mean, you're, you know, the, definitely you have the potential to be in, in colder weather. So as we are moving into the colder months, then that is the time where you would get your bug out bag. You can look over, you know, the items that you have in there and switch out the clothes. Um, you don't always want to have warm weather clothes and, and cold weather clothes because you just, 
you know, when you have a bug out bag, you just don't have a lot of space for all of that. So, um, you know, that's one thing here that I would, um, I, I think differently on versus this article. All right, so let me continue on. The things that most survivors tend to forget are those which have to be prepared before being packed. These things typically include fresh batteries, fuel replacements, and tinder. Tinder is probably the most common and most important thing survivors forget to pack. Tinder refers to small, highly flammable materials that help ignite kindling when preparing your fire. Tinder can be difficult to find in wet weather situations because many materials have been dampened, but it is something that can easily be prepared and packed. Some examples of tinder include cotton balls soaked in petroleum jelly, wax-coated wooden toothpicks, paper wood chippings, dryer lint, and other highly flammable compact items. Aside from tinder, another important element to remember for starting your fire is multiple styles of fire starter. This includes things like Bic lighters, being sure the fuel level is sufficient, fire steel rods, magnesium, matches, torches, and other combustible products. Tools for chopping wood and shaving branches will become necessary for wet weather fire making. You will need some kind of axe for splitting wood, a sharp knife for fraying kindling to make feather sticks, and an extra knife for scraping magnesium or fire steel. Okay, so let me uh, come back here. Definitely tender material is very important. So if you could, if you I mean, if you do have a, a backpack, a bug out bag, a get home bag, all those types of things, and you ever foresee that you might be out in the woods and you might be out in the wild having to, you know, make a fire, you want to have a fire kit. And uh, that's just a way like, you know, you don't want all these things just loose in your bag. And so one of the things that I did is years ago, I went to the dollar store and a lot of the times you'll find these little packs and I think it was like a, a, a pack for like a Nintendo. And so a lot of the times at dollar stores, they have like outdated things. And so it's, this was around the place in the dollar store where they have electronic items and, and different things like that. And so they had these packs that looked like they would carry like a Game Boy or a Nintendo, some, some, I don't know, something like that, right? And so when I opened it up, I mean, it's a dollar and you, it had little like Velcro on the inside and it had little pockets, you know, to, to hold the games. And I'm like, this would be perfect to be able to build a fire kit where you can put a lot of items in here. It wouldn't be loose. And so if you ever had to make a fire out there for whatever reason, you would just take that one thing out and you wouldn't have to dig into your bug out bag or your bag or whatever you have. And so that's one of the suggestions that's always that I would always suggest is to go out there and make a fire kit. And so that's where you would want to keep, you know, the stuff like the things that he's talking about here, like the cotton ball soaked in petroleum jelly, uh, the wax coated wooden toothpicks, although I never really have done that one there. Uh, you know, all the other little things that you do, like the the. Uh, the dryer lint and, and stuff like that. Now, I mean, that's where you can keep all of that. You can keep your magnesium, uh, your magnesium block, right? And those are easy to find, you know, really cheap. If you go, if you have a Harbor Freight around, a lot of the times those are like a dollar. Uh, I would suggest that you put that like in a plastic bag because the magnesium will start to wear off and it'll get all over your stuff, man. So you don't want that. And a lot of the times that magnesium, the little block that you get like at Harbor Freight, comes with a ferrocium rod and so you can you can use that to create that spark but the magnesium like burns really hot and catches a spark really easily so you can combine that with your petroleum jelly and all that kind of uh, stuff you know your cotton balls and uh and and do it that way 
But you know, one of the best pieces of advice that I read, and I can't remember who who said this, but a lot of the times, you know, we have our ferrocium rods or our ferro rods, and we have all these different ways of you know the bow and drill. If you're in a survival situation, you want to have something to be able to start a fire and start it up fast. You don't want to do a bow and drill. You don't want to do your ferrocium rod. Those are the times. I mean, you practice with those. You you try those out. You get good with that if you if that's something you want to do. But when you're in a in a survival situation, you want to get that fire going and you want to move on. And so you know, get to the other things that you need to do. So having that bic lighter and and I would recommend a bic lighter. The other cheaper things are they just fall apart so easily. But make sure that you have a Bic lighter and then put it in a place where you know that it's not going to lose its fuel. So like something won't bump up against uh, the fuel release. And by the time you open up your pack, it's all, you know, all the fuel has has uh, has released and you don't definitely don't want that. So you want to protect that and make sure that that doesn't happen. But also having some, you know, some uh, some of those matches that start up. And uh, I've shown that on my uh, Instagram channel. You know, there's matches out there that you can strike and you can not to strike anywhere. They don't make those any, anymore, the, the real kind. If you can find some of those, you know, I was in my mom's pantry the other day and I saw a box of those. I'm like, wow, these are so old. And I'm like, you know, what? I, I'm just going to leave them here. Uh, actually, I should have taken a couple to make uh, some with, with wax around them where you dip the wax in there. But there are other uh, fire or matches that you can buy, and you can buy these easily at Walmart or any sporting goods or off on, you know, on Amazon or whatever. But uh, you can strike them. You can put them in water. And I actually show this. I have a little video on my Instagram feed where you can strike it, put it in water, and the sucker will still light. It'll, it'll light back up, and uh, it just comes back. You know, It's just really crazy the way that it happens. There's uh, people that have done it on Instagram where they will light it, they will bury it, and then they pull it out of the sand or whatever they buried it, and it comes back. It burns very, very quickly, so you've got to be ready to go. But I would have those types of things ready for a serious you know, scenario where you're able to get that stuff going right away. And then the tinder, being able to to have you know something to to create that even like having the little um, those little squares and there's so many different types right that you can uh, I think Craig Claudel uh, he did a video on the different kinds that were out there and there were some that were just it was phenomenal you could put them in water you can do all kinds of stuff if I can find that video I'll link to it in the show notes. But uh, all these different types of fire starters, you can invest a little bit of money and have some of those because, again, in a real survival situation scenario, you want to be able to get fire going pretty quickly. And then the tools. He talked a little bit about the tools here. I like having a knife that is very capable of handling like batoning wood. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. But, you know, an axe, an axe can be very... uh, very heavy and so you want to make sure that you're able to carry that and you can you're able to handle the weight sometimes i prefer a saw over an axe but you know that's just my preference but uh, you have that and then having a decent blade to be able to baton wood Um, the schrade scf9 i believe and i like that one so it is a budget survival knife and this sucker is I would compare it to my BK2, which is, you know, like a over a hundred dollars knife. This sucker is really thick 
and it is really nice. It comes with the sheath. It comes, uh, it's just, it is, you, you would be very surprised. This is, it comes, you know, under $50. Actually, I think it's like $39 or something like that. Uh, you would be very surprised when you get this sucker and you open it that is like, I can't believe this is under $50. And so it's a really great survival knife. If you're looking for one, you know, it's, uh, you know, full tang and uh, it just, it's a great knife. So I can't link to it in the show notes, but I know that I have it on the side of the Prepper website podcast. So when you come look at the episodes, um, you can easily check it out on the side and link to it and go to Amazon. I also have it over at Prepper website. So um, that's, a, that's a great knife to have. All right, continuing on. The location at which you start your fire will make a huge difference in the amount of time your fire stays lit. Unfortunately for wet weather survivors, finding a dry place to build a flame can be nearly impossible. Luckily, starting a fire when it's wet can be made easier if you follow a few simple hacks. In your pack, you should have some kind of shovel. If not, use a stick and begin digging away at the wet soil to expose the drier soil below. Removing the top layers of damp earth will help create a basin for starting your fire and give your fire a dry place to burn longer. I also like to build small grills to start my fire by placing two large, fairly wet logs about a foot from each other and laying soaked pine needles and other tree trimmings over it. The outer logs act as legs, while the needles create a grate-like mechanism. This method allows your fire to burn above the wet soil or snow. A less labor-intensive option could be simply laying wet tree trimmings on the ground and slowly layering dry wood over the top. The dry wood will catch flame while the wet materials beneath supports the fire. If you can find a spot that has some overhead cover, like the mouth of a cave, the base of a large evergreen, or inside a shelter you've built with your masterful skills, lighting a fire will become even easier. You will be more likely exposed to drier earth or and have a more feasible location for starting a fire and staying protected from the elements. Another little hack that has worked extremely well for me in the past is splitting logs in half to burn. Damp logs typically have very dry cores, so splitting the logs lengthwise helps expose the more flammable parts of the log. If you have a survival fort complete with a log splitter, consider doing this in advance and storing the split logs in a dry place. Alright guys, that is, that is a big key here. Um, if you find yourself in a situation where you need dry wood, uh, you know, just having, let's say you have your, uh, your cotton balls with petroleum jelly and you have all this, this great stuff and you put wet wood on there, it is not going to, it's not going to light. As soon as that petroleum jelly runs out or, you know, whatever fire starter you have, as soon as that runs out, it's going to die down. But, if you can use your axe or saw or even your survival knife to baton wood to get to the middle of that wood, right? The core of that wood, that is what, what will catch fire. And that's what you're looking for. And so a lot of the times when you see, uh, for instance, some of the bushcrafting videos that you'll watch, um, there's, there's a lot of great ones out there. But when it's snowing and when it is or it, not snowing, but it has snowed and there's snow all over the ground, you just can't go looking for wood. Right. You've got to find drier wood. And I know he's going to touch on this in just a minute. But one of the things that that a lot of them do well, they would go, they'll go find a dead tree. And in this case, you do need an ax or something like that, but they'll find a dead tree that is still standing. 
And so they will cut that down. And a lot of the times, then the top of the tree is going to be a little bit drier than the bottom. Again, he covers that in here in just a minute. But you want to get to the inside of that wood. So you want to start, you know, cutting those, cutting that big tree up into smaller pieces. And of course, you're not looking at a huge tree. You're looking at something that's manageable, right? And uh, so you're cutting that down and you're getting to uh, the inside of that tree, you know, and you're getting to the core because that's going to be dry. And that's what you need to use to be able to start your fire. So you need to remember that. That's why you need to have the materials, the tools to be able to get to that wood, because if not, there's no way you're not going to start a fire with wet wood where the, the outside of the wood is soaking wet. Even if it's damp, it's just it's not going to happen. So um, make sure that you have a way. And again, that's why I say like the survival knife that I was talking about, the straight is so thick and heavy that it can baton wood very easily and it can get you to those inner to that inner uh, wood that core wood so that you can start your fire and and you know you can survive in that in that scenario all right so having proper materials is probably the most important aspect of building a fire you have to be sure your materials are flammable or your fire will never light the hard part is locating these materials in the event of a blizzard or rainstorm when everything available to you is soaked the best place to begin looking for dry material in a wet world is under large evergreen and pine trees. At the base of these trees, there are typically dry, mostly dead branches still clinging to the tree above the moisture on the ground. Use your knife or axe to remove these dry branches. If they are still slightly moist, peel or cut away the outer layers of bark to expose the inner dry wood. Some dead trees have already fallen and made themselves easier to scavenge for flammable materials. Stay towards the top side of the tree as the bottom side may be pretty wet. Use the dry bark, inner layers, and dead pine needles as tinder for your fire. If you happen to be near trees that drop pine cones, look for ones that are fairly dry and surely dead. Pine cones are excellent kindling and actually burn quite hot, giving you a better opportunity to ignite the dry logs and make the fire ablaze. There are about 101 different ways to set up a fire, but in cold weather scenarios, there are a few specific tricks that help you help your fire burn hotter and longer. For instance, the formation of the tinder and kindling is vital for creating a flame in a wet environment. I prefer to use the log cabin method, which is exactly what it sounds like. Similar to your Lincoln logs from childhood, arrange the kindling strips in a log cabin fashion minus the roof. The tinder will fit nicely inside the home and the fire will have plenty of oxygen to gain momentum. Another common style for lighting fires in moisture is the teepee style. Lean the kindling sticks against each other much like a teepee. The tinder will set inside the kindling and ignite the larger sticks to make adding larger logs easier. The teepee shape also allows heat to rise naturally and gives the fire better chance of burning tall. The inner pyro in all of us gets excited when it comes time to actually light the fire. The steps is fairly self-explanatory, but there are a couple of tips and tricks to make this process faster and safer. Light your fire from the windward side or the side that wind is blowing into. The breeze will help shift the heat from the flame across the structure and will help fuel the fire with oxygen once it gets going. Light the tinder and kindling structure from the bottom. Heat rises, so starting from the bottom gives your fire a better chance of igniting. 
Trying to light your fire from the top like a candle will not do much good in your attempts to stay warm. Feeding your fire is a surprisingly meaningful duty. The amount of time you plan to have your fire going relies heavily on the amount of wood you collected in the earlier steps. Without dry logs to continue to feed your flame, your fire will surely burn out and you will surely freeze. Always be sure you have enough dry wood set aside for the amount of time you are in need of heat. If you plan to stay a whole night by the fire, have a large stack of logs waiting to be burned. If you are not alone, be sure to assign fire buddies, one person to take a sleep break and one person to watch the fire. An obvious but important reminder, only throw dry logs on the fire. Often, wet weather fires aren't burning hot enough to truly burn through damp logs. Damp logs end up smothering the flame, making, your, making you start your process over, which is no fun. My favorite part of starting a fire is being done starting your fire, focusing on keeping it burning, and enjoying the sights around you. Once you have a solid fire built, be sure to rest, relax, catch up on sleep, or roam the nearby wilderness in search of new landscapes to photograph. Being a survivor is more than just working to live. Once you have done your duties for the day, take in the world and the sights that surround you. Enjoy your experiences in nature and open your heart to the possibility of a world bigger than yourself. All right, so let me go back to the, um, that, that's the end of the article, by the way. Let me go back to the part of gathering the wood. Um, that's very important. One of the things that you always hear where you'll hear um, bushcraft instructors or wilderness survivor survival instructors say is get as much wood as you think you need to glass through the night, right? And so after you do that, then go and then double that because you're going to burn through fire or you're going to burn through wood, you know, all night long. And you don't want to be in a scenario where you're, you're in the middle of the night and you run out of wood. And then you've got to go out there to try to find wood in the middle of the night with who knows what you can get hurt. You can get lost, all those kinds of things. You want to just have enough wood. The other thing is, is that if you're in a scenario like this, where you are uh, in wet weather and there are other logs around you, but they seem to be uh, they seem to be wet. You can bring them close to the fire, and hopefully they could burn. Out, you know they can they can uh, dry up a little bit. So you're not on the fire per se. You don't want to throw them right on the fire, but you can keep them very very close to the fire, bumping up against it so that they can dry out. So you have that possibility of adding that uh, if if necessary. So you you have that, but make sure that you have enough wood. That's going to be very very important. The other thing about starting a fire is getting ready to start the fire is, is, you know, preparing the fire is the most important aspect of it. That is where you should spend the majority of your time because once you get your fire lit and going, you're, it, it's easy to take off from there. And so you don't want to be running out and getting more wood. So the, the thing to, to start here is to make sure that you start properly. So you have your tinder, you have your, your kindling, you have your bigger wood. And so if you're able to have that all prepared and you're able to, to set that up ahead of time, that is where you want to spend all your time and just making sure you have everything you need. Again, like if you're in wet weather, you are able to get to enough dry wood uh, inside of the wet wood, right? 
you're able to baton it or you're able to get into it so that you're able to start your your fire and so that's going to take a little bit of time if you are if you're with people that's a little bit more beneficial you know that you can help people or people can help you gather all the fire all the necessary wood that you need and start going to town creating you know getting into that into the wet wood creating feather sticks doing everything that you need because if you can start and you start well then you can you can go from there I want to let you know that uh, this weekend I released an article and it, actually it wasn't it's just a little blurb and it, it's a link to an Amazon Amazon Prime video and the, the Amazon Prime video is by um, assist video series and it's like basic firecraft um, it's Universal Survival Survival International and uh, so if you have Amazon Prime you can go and search for it, and I have a, a link to it. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. And uh, it's not a very long video, but the the guy who is on there, he has been bar. Uh, he is like a, a master uh, seer specialist and uh, retired from uh, the, uh, the U.S. Air Force. And anyway, he's kind of like really like talks really fast. I guess he kind of talks like me sometimes. And uh, so he's, he's talking really fast and he's really excited and he's getting you, you know, he's, he's talking you through all the basics of fire and how to do it. And he has a system that I've never uh, that I've never seen before until I saw this video. And so, you know, a lot of the times when you'll see someone starting a fire, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, whether you're watching a video or whatever, you see the people down and they're low to the to the ground and they're blowing into the fire. They're wanting to, you know, send a lot of oxygen that way and a lot of air so that the fire can can uh, get going. Well, he has this this little system where you kind of create a shelf. And uh, so you, it's hard, it's going to be hard to explain, you know, coming over the, the waves here, but uh, you create this little shelf so that if you see that your fire needs more oxygen, you're just able to lift up this one piece of wood and it lifts it up and then oxygen is able to get underneath it and it starts up and he does this multiple times and it's it's pretty cool the way that he does it i was like wow never thought about that but that saves you from having to get down on the ground and blow into this fire and you're able to do it and he again he walks you through how to do it and uh, so if you have amazon prime it's a free video you don't have to pay for it if you feel like you want to pay for it you can go and you can uh, do that i can't remember exactly how much it costs on amazon to view I think it might be like four or five bucks or whatever. But again, if you have Amazon Prime, definitely it is free to, to check out. And uh, I wish they would have had other videos because I thought it was pretty valuable. And uh, it gives you everything. I mean, you're able to see it from start to finish. He walks you through. And some of it, like, he really goes beyond, you know, above and beyond as far as being uh, careful and, and, you know, not burning down the forest and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the actual starting the fire, I thought was very valuable. So uh, if you do have Amazon Prime, you should go check that out. Like I said, it's a it's a free video. Well, guys, like I said, this one comes to us from mdcreekmore.com. Great article over here. And again, if you are not, uh, you know, very familiar with making fires, if that's not a skill that you you've honed and you don't do on a regular basis, you should try it if you can. You know, again, winter is coming, fall is coming, winter is coming, depending on your area, 
of uh, wherever you are. And, you know, a lot of people are going to be making fires and maybe you have uh, a fire pit in your backyard. And as it gets cooler, you can go around and sit around the fire and, and, uh, you know, hang out with friends or whatever and drink coffee and enjoy the, the, the fire, uh, in a, in a cool evening. Uh, but you, you can also use that to hone your fire making skills and that would be uh, something that everybody, again, I, regardless of where you live, regardless of your background, I think everyone should know how to make fire. And then if you ever get the opportunity to do this in like wet weather, then you know you you know that you can do it in dry weather. You just know that you're going to have to take some extra steps to make sure that you get dry wood. That's going to be the, the, the most important thing. So uh, I'm going to link to this article in the show notes, like always, or you can come on over to the prepperwebsitepodcast.com and link to it over there. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 415. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to the prepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.